When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series that's presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. We got a special episode today that features three interviews recorded backstage at the Forecastle Festival in Louisville, Kentucky this past July. In fact, not just backstage, but in a uh, tiny house for the WFPK Tiny House Sessions that was presented by the Notes for Notes organization. But it was back there that I got to catch up with Cautious Clay once again, Sunflower Bean, who's uh, one of my favorite bands of the past few years, and Israel Nash, who's lifted is easily one of the best records that's come out in the past year. And for what was a hot, hot summer day, as they usually are, we were in a nice air-conditioned uh, room. So, uh... Everything was comfortable, and the conversations were great. So I'm going to share three of those. Sunflower Bean and Israel Nash up in just a little bit. We'll start with Cautious Clay, who, of course, busted out onto the scene last year with a song called Cold War, which has kind of become his calling card. We do talk about that a bit, as well as his uh, flute playing. Yeah, Lizzo, you're not the only one. And that name as well, which uh, has a pretty direct tie to us here in Louisville, Kentucky. We'll jump right into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Cautious Clay. What's up? Good to be here. It's great to see you here. I got to start with that obvious thing. You know, you're finally in Louisville. Uh, I've been waiting for you to get here because of the name. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, man. It's so crazy because I like didn't even know Muhammad Ali. He's from here. Right? He's from here. He's he's currently residing here in oh, his wow. forever home. Yeah, yeah, just down the road from us. So. No way. Dang. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest with you, he's definitely like a a legend and and always an inspiration for me, but. The name actually sort of stemmed from just, like, the sound of it. So, like, I knew who Cassius Clay was, obviously, and, like, he was, like, him as a person is just, like, obviously a bit larger than life. But, yeah, like, I kind of felt like my energy is, like, I, I, I feel like I want to be the greatest or I am the greatest, but I'm not. I just do it in a different way, you know? So it's almost like the inverse of maybe what he was because he was obviously, like, a like, huge personality type, you know? So 
Well, I mean, it obviously made it, you know, when your name just comes around. Yeah. Because when we first saw it, I mean, things were just starting to happen for you. So, of course, we wanted to pay attention. Like, who's this guy yeah. using this name, exactly. you know? And, and yeah. luckily, I mean, that was that song, Cold War, which we fell in love with. That became one of our biggest songs of last year. Wow. And, and still get such a reaction. I mean, that's been, that's, that's sort of the catalyst, right? That's been the life changer. Yeah, that song was the first song I ever released, too. So it was crazy that, like, there was such a kind of build around it, and it continues to do that. So, I mean, yeah. Does that set the bar high? I mean, I, 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 I don't mean to do comparisons, but most of the time, you know, you'll, you, uh, any artist would put out song after song after yeah. song, and then finally one lights. But, I mean, that's the first one right out of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, no, it was cool. I mean, to be honest with you, I've kind of... Like it, it's been very interesting how that song has kind of evolved because it came out and there's certainly a reaction around it. But I kind of kept releasing music pretty consistently month after month for like almost a year, and I feel like that sort of consistency has like allowed me to like have people who are fans of obviously that song, but like a fans of like a lot of my other work as well. So we can, you know, do real ticket numbers and like do like more than just a song. So like it's it's certainly something that I. I realize, but it's never like I never feel like oh my god, like am I ever gonna outdo that song? Right. Like that's never something I think about. Which because uh, I'm gonna be here. Yeah, you know? luckily, I mean, you've already proven that uh, Sidewinder has been a great song. You got the uh, the record table of context mm. out right now, and then I mean, when you and I talked last year, you were about to play your first live shows. Yeah, and I'm I'm assuming like you put some some miles behind you at this point. Is it felt like you found definitely? A live group? Yeah, I mean, this is the band. We're like this is everybody like. We've been together now for for over a year. We actually Dan just joined as well on bass, so it's been it's been great. Like, and we have a community around it, so everyone just like, yeah, is a part of it. Yeah. So I think what most people, of course, will will point out is they come to your shows and the saxophone is there, and of course the flute there, which suddenly seems like a thing. Like now yeah. the flute's becoming a thing again. You yeah. Know? yeah. Do you see the look of surprises when you go to other instruments? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the flute is definitely like a huge surprise for a lot of people. And uh, it's actually the first instrument I ever played. I learned when I was seven. And uh, I thought it was a cool thing because of Aladdin. And I was really into Aladdin. And so I thought, oh, like a snake charmer. And that was the weirdest part was that. Like, that was actually the thing, man. Yeah. And like, it wasn't, I think it was like a bassoon or something. Or it wasn't even a, and a flute. But like, that's the first thing I thought of. My mom was like, okay, like, let's try that. So. Yeah. Yeah, and now Aladdin's back again with a live action. So I know, it's all, man, just, it's all just full circle. Like all these things are happening. I really timed this out. Like, <laughs> well done. Know, Illuminati is really like uh, on my side. It's so. Master stroke, right yeah, there. Yeah, well planned. Yeah. Cautious Clay recorded uh, backstage for the Tiny House sessions for WFPK's Tiny House sessions, and from the Notes for Notes organization. Cautious Clay, by the way, uh, he just released a brand new single that's on the Thirteen Reasons Why season three soundtrack called "Swim Home." Still staying busy, that guy. Now move on to part two. Sunflower Bean gave us the uh, EP King of the Dudes less than a year ago right now. And it was really great to catch up with them again, especially after they had been in Europe uh, since the last time we talked. There was a little comparison of the uh, the audiences and the state of rock music on both sides of the ocean. And we also got to jump into their keen sense of fashion and activism, which has been a very important part of their career as well. It's Kyle Meredith with Sunflower Bean. Hey, hey thanks for having us. Thank you. This is the back. this is actually the post set interview. Yes, which is uh, which is always uh, interesting. Like you've done your thing, you've done your job, mm-hmm. and uh, and geez, I mean, you had to kick it off today too. Mm-hmm. It was so awesome. 
Let me say that first. But that can't be the easiest slot. Is is there an extra challenge of saying, all right, as as you said on the crowd, it's two o'clock and and here's the rock show? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it definitely varies, but today was awesome. I mean the Louisville crowd was really they were really down with it at two p.m. Yeah, it was hot. And you know what? No slot is an easy slot. If that make like even even if it was like the best slot in the world, like circumstances would have it that you'd be like up against Travis Scott. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just there's always something and I think it's cool that we've been we've known each other for so long now and been playing together so long that we have a lot of ways to play off each other that makes every show really fun for us no matter what. So sometimes people are like, That looked like it was really weird and you're like, What? I don't know. We were just doing it. We were just doing what we like to do. I, I won't do the comparison of festival to festival, but I know you guys just played Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it seems like there is something really different these days about you know the rock band in Europe. Like that's, I don't. It, do you get that sensation? The UK is one of the places where I think rock still reigns. Yeah. In a in a really interesting way, like I think that it's still really culturally important, um, and I think it is in in the U.S. too, especially in in the South. I think there's a really strong like American connection to the guitar in all of its forms, so I think that that's cool. But um, you know, Glastonbury is obviously iconic. Um, and it was really special for us to play it. Yeah, I know. I think you're completely right that in England, it's sort of like more ingrained in their culture, rock music. And that's kind of one of our favorite places to go and play. And yeah. yeah. In, in Europe, I feel like it's kind of more like almost like dance mm-hmm. or like yeah. um, house in Europe, they have like micro scenes of like bands that sing in the language specific to the country they're in. So in yeah. Germany, there are bands that that sing in German and they can play arenas in Germany yeah. and then never leave in the France, country. Yeah, have a whole mm-hmm. career like that over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, every time I see you all, and and this being one of those, I you walk off and I really do just want to bow down at you know <laughs> all the guitar prowess that happens on that stage and everything. And and Nick, I do want to ask you: Is the shirt? Is there an inspiration? In, uh, it looks inspired. I'm thinking like Live Aid 84. Was yeah. that 84, 85? You know what? Um, I just got this shirt in uh, the Netherlands at a thrift store. It was a really nice thrift store. It had a lot of cool stuff. And I didn't like it that much. But Julia and our manager, Chris, were like, you have to get that. You have to wear it. And I really like that it doesn't have any sleeves. It's great for today. It's obviously like 100 degrees outside. And I don't know. It's it's a yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like You have other like you have other green. star stuff. I yeah. have other star stuff. This looks in. vaguely like Rage Against the Machines <laughs> and they almost like it looks like Los Zapatistas or something. Yeah, yeah it's cool. I mean, I was transported seriously up there. It it, it worked and everything and uh, I, I feel like that's half part of uh, your your all's um, unintentional appeal mm. is I enjoy seeing what all three of you all end up wearing just as much as I want to show you what you're playing. Let me tell you, man. I mean, Jacob has on his shirt like a really, hundred different pictures. You know, we I, don't even know I until hope that it's not ad. half of the appeal but I, I would rather it be more like the icing sure or more just like you know i one thing that we talk about a lot or at least i talk about is like one of the reasons that i think 
indie rock suffers so much currently in in especially in like a festival setting where you maybe see acts like that not being booked as much is like I think that sometimes there's a there's you can almost listen to like a subconscious urge to like short sell yourself or undersell yourself because you're always trying to be cool and I think for better or for worse we've never tried to been to, to be cool we've just always been who we are and I think that that makes it more fun for us. Right. And I think yeah. just just takes it somewhere else. So I think like to to actually like think about what a show is and to put one on and craft that is one of the ways I think rock can move forward in an original way, not like having to be a cover band to somebody else or having to do all this crap. It's just like how to actually like how to actually have a show. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect to be a great show. It just has to be like cool. Now the spectacle is yeah. important. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at. You know, yeah. when you think of the greats, when you think of the Bowies and everything else. I mean, there there was that added touch of the spectacle behind the music, and I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, it's you know, fun. It uh, I know the the most recently released music was the EP King of the Dudes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know all the great stuff which we've loved playing over at WFPK. Hearing you all talk about that, though, it, it seemed like it was a process of letting go a bit and just mm-hmm. kind of letting the songs happen a bit quicker. Is that something that kind of is that taking root? Does that find its way into the future of the music too? Yeah, um, a lot of the stuff that we did working with um, Justin Raisin, who produced that EP, he sort of taught us how to make music over again in a way. Like whenever I record now, I always think about him. And now that I feel like I have the skill sets that he sort of taught us, like we're just going to use them. And part of it is about being quick and being instinctual and not, you know, overthinking or recording a thousand demos and just doing it and like sort of having that energy translate into the song. Yeah, I think we did the we did the album in in one really 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 intensely thought out way, and then we did the EP not in an unthought out way, but with sort of different priorities. I think and mm-hmm. wanting to get something out and wanting to um, like trust ourselves in a different way. And I think moving forward, it would probably be somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't think the answer is that we're just going to keep like putting out things really fast i think now that we now we know you just learn you learn more with every release you do and hopefully it makes them better so i think that we've we've learned a lot from every the two albums we've made and and this ep and the eps before yeah the ep was like a pop quiz (laughs) it's good it was like something we didn't study for like we just did it yeah you know we never we never do the same thing twice when it comes to recording so it's exciting to see you know with even this new knowledge of like this little you know it's like having like a little just the devil on your shoulder, just, <laughs> just like screaming devil. at you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is good. It's good. We needed it. You we know? did. How important is the time in between the records? I mean, do you get because you're touring nonstop. Mm-hmm. I mean, when do you get a chance to have life experiences and, and do you need that for the next record? Well, it's been funny because this this year we had it's like our first time off off like since we started. We had two months off. And it's like, you think you'd get to do, like, a lot of, like, life stuff, you know, like, mow your lawn or, like, I don't know, like, take your dog on a walk. But it's like, you end up just sitting there with your feelings and, like, having to, like, think about things, which is a whole other thing. So it was, it was very interesting and helpful in that way when you're, you know, start something at 17 and then you look up at, you know, 23, 24 and you're like, oh, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think life is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the hard part. Playing shows, we know we can do this that. Is we can fine. play shows and record records. This is records, great. You know? I, know, I know how it's this like... goes. Life, that's what is getting me. 
Well, you've also, I mean, you, you know, I, you're probably all doing stuff outside of the band. Uh, Julie, I know you've got the uh, the angry, or anger can be power, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. is that still active? Is that, yeah. is, do you work, can you tell us what that is? No, so that's kind of an activism project that I started the end of 2017 as kind of a way to bring free events and build community in New York around getting people inspired in the world of activism. So I just noticed a lot of people that had a lot of feelings and energy and, and even our fans and, you know, being frustrated by just posting on Instagram and wanting to kind of use what I knew and what we know about our space, which is live music, and try to create almost like what was like a show um, to have conversations and bring people together on different topics. So we've done maybe six or seven events. We've done a couple kind of collaborative events and been a part of other things. And I had to slow it down for a while because we were touring in Europe and I was trying to plan all this stuff like six hours ahead and like call people and be like, okay. And yeah, we're always rebuilding and refocusing and trying to figure out how to be a better community tool and, and what people need. And I figured, like, that's important all the time. Do you find that that ramps up more as elections roll around and things like that? Yeah, well, the hope is that by providing something that's interesting and stimulating, it can bring people together to keep activism in their lives around more than just election time. I mean, I think I think it will it, it's going to start ramping up. Obviously, you know, even even backstage, we we're all sitting in our trailer and like, you know, talking about the candidates and you can kind of the the feeling is palpable that everyone is is getting up. But, you know, we're we're always thinking on tour to how we can try to make our tours more efficient for the climate. You know, uh, touring is bad for the climate, but environmentally friendly and even how we can incorporate, you know, helping get people to vote and raising voting awareness at all times. So it's a big part of who we are. Yeah. I really appreciate you all doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's our pleasure. Yeah. It's if everyone if everyone did just a little bit of it, then no one would need to, you know, we we haven't even done enough to be thanked. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's <laughs> you know, us us trying to use what we have to do anything is is the is the first step. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it's, you know, with 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 uh you know Scott Hutchinson and, and Frightened Rabbit with the new organization there. Tiny changes. I mean, mm-hmm. you've done tiny changes at least. You know, so that's yeah, that's true. Tiny, for. tiny ripples yeah. that hopefully become bigger ripples. Well, I'll also make mention uh, the upcoming tour. You guys are part of such a huge lineup. Yeah, you know, it's our, our buddies with Cage the Elephants. You know, mm-hmm. from here and Beck and Spoon and. I'm so sad that you're not actually on the uh, the bill that's coming back around here. I know. Who's who's on? Is that Wild Bell or is it Starcrawler? Uh, I don't know. I think it's Wild Bell. Cool. It's cool. online. Yeah. It's online. You can see it's that. It's online. online. <laughs> all right, Sunflower Bean, thank you all so much. Thank you, cool. guys. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. The trio of Sunflower Bean right there. Again, their latest record uh, EP is called King of the Dudes. And then 2018's 22 in Blue, serving as their most recent full length. And now to the final interview for this episode, Mr. Israel Nash. His record Lifted has been a favorite of mine that's come out in the past year. Just a really, really beautiful, expansive, imaginative rock record. Which Israel and I got to jump back into the themes of that album, as well as having a festival in his own backyard in Texas. Quite a bit more. Part three, it's Kyle Meredith 
with Israel Nash. Yeah. Welcome back to Lul, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for bringing me. Yeah, it's, good. it's great to have you. Uh, I, you know, the compliments up first. We have so much enjoyed Lifted since it came out. It's such a great record. Well, thank you. I, we were talking about our conversation last summer, and you were the one of the first people I spoke to about the album, so it was so exciting, too. First! Yes. yes. First. So that was exciting. That was like, exciting. Oh, someone likes it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's uh, going to play it, maybe. If nothing, I'm good for compliments. Good, I like but, it. But it's honest. I mean, this is, this is, like, uh, I mean, this is like an opus. That, no. that you've done here. I mean, uh, well, thank you. The modern day hippie spiritual is that what you call it, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, what, what what was that? Because there was. I remember us talking about that. Like yeah. there being some parallels with um, with the '60s, but to now, like, what was the story there? Well, I mean, I guess for me, it was a lot of things. It was kind of a, a time in life of of slowing down and realizing some some other perspectives that maybe sometimes happen through experience and time. Right. You know, having the family and living out in the country and what does it all mean? You know, those questions that you always answer, but maybe you always try to answer, but you always find a new answer to, you know? <laughs> so for me, it was kind of that reality of how much music always takes me out of being focused on the past and puts me in the now in a such a tangible way that's that's beyond kind of this hoodoo voodoo spiritual light. It's like, hey... I'm here right now right. making songs. So I feel like I, I started to realize how much music's always been that meditative space for me. So I wanted to make a record that c- could kind of exemplify that and, re- and also represent the space that is where I live and where the songs came from and hopefully kind of share that vibe with others. And if people could kind of lose themselves for a minute, you know, that's that's kind of what music does for us, you know, brings people together and makes them have a good time. So. And that's—I yes. mean—that's that, been a mantra that you've been very vocal about. Like, yes. In a divisive time as it's painted, I mean, it's—you're saying it's the music that's going to bring everybody back around. Yeah. Well, I think that it's—it's it's finding the good things. You know, I think it's hunting them down. You know, um, friends, laughter, art, the peaceful things that give you some spirit and to to kind of go out and journey through this this whole thing. You know. And you've actually—I mean, money where the mouth is—you put on your own little festival yes. around the place. What's that one? That's uh, from the hills of love. From the hills of yeah, love. and this is it. I mean, is this like literally in your backyard? It is. Is that what it is? Yeah, um, it's a pretty big backyard. You know, it's like fifteen acres, so it's not too crazy. But it is kind of crazy, I guess. Some people. I mean, rock and roll should be crazy. Yeah, countless people say, I, "I can't." Just today, I can't believe you have that many people at your place. But it's kind of just seemed normal at this point that yeah. it's just something we do, and it it allows us to celebrate some stuff and bring people in. And you know, Austin's such a a great community, yeah. and. That's a lot of coleslaw, a lot of green beans. Yeah, and, and then the South by brings all these cool right. fans. Like from, so we had people from our team from Germany. We had fans um, from uh, Finland, and you know, all assembling in that space. So it's another tangible representation of what music does. It brings people together from all over the place and puts them into something that makes a community there for a moment. So, yeah. well, you can hear that you know. in music. I mean, yeah. like I said, I can give you the compliment, the compliment for for lifted and and the song rolling on. I mean, we've so much enjoyed what you're doing here, and Thank it's you. really coming through. Mr. Israel Nash right there. His latest record is called Lifted. I definitely do recommend that one. And that does it for this episode. Uh, Thanks again to the three guests, Israel Nash, Sunflower Bean, and Cautious Clay. Again, all three recorded backstage at Forecastle 2019 for the WFPK Tiny House Sessions. That was uh, in partnership with the Notes for Notes organization, which do really great work out there, getting kids all around the country into studios and learning how uh, that whole culture works. And thanks to you, too, for checking this out. Uh, Before you get out of here, I I hope you do subscribe to the series. Uh, You can do that anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. Just uh, grab your favorite listening device, type in Kyle Meredith With. That includes iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
YouTube, or uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. After that, WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, for the hour, I play uh, brand new songs. We do some anniversary celebrations. There's music news and clips from these interviews as well. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.